Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. This is another uh, Kickstarter spotlight. So we're here to talk with the creator about his current campaign that's uh, live right now on Kickstarter. The campaign for the comic is Manchild, and the creator's name is Nander Fox Schaefer, and he's here to tell us all about it. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jace. It's a pleasure to come on your show, and, and I can't wait to talk about Manchild. Yeah, uh, this one I think really is going to speak to a, a lot of people, um, just based on who it's sort of dedicated to and inspired by. So why don't you kind of give our listeners an idea of, uh, of what the, the book and the campaign are about? Of course. Manchild issue one is on Kickstarter right now. It's the first issue of what's going to be a six-issue limited series. The inspiration for this story uh, and the dedication for it is to Stan Lee. And after Stan Lee passed away in November of 2018, I was really devastated by it. And I always say a world without Stan Lee is a lesser world. And I felt was, I felt just really uh, inspired and I was grieving. And I, I was like, I want to, I want to do something for him. I want to give back in a way because of everything that he's, given to me and, and, and him and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko and in the silver age of comics and the Marvel age of comics and just all of that wonderment and imagination. And so I was really interested in him and his life. And I wanted to um, look at, look at his life. And so I read three or four biographies on Stanley and I read uh, uh, books on the history of Marvel comics. And I did all this research because I, I was becoming more and more fascinated with him. And, and also when he passed, I saw a lot of people saying um, sort of disrespectful things about him uh, because there is this um, debate on whether, you know, he actually created these characters or was it Jack Kirby or Steve Ditko that really did most of the work. And um, there's a lot of debate on what actually happened back then. So I wanted to research and do it, do, do research for myself because I wanted to, kind of figure out and, and get some sort of consensus and put my mind at ease on who this person is because he was, was a hero to me for, for so many years and he still is. But um, I wanted to just look at his life. And the more I did, the more I wanted to celebrate it. And the more I wanted to uh, somewhat talk about it or, or put it in a comic in a sense. Uh, and so that was a spark that ignited what Manchild became. And so Manchild is telling two stories, one in a Silver Age inspired superhero world that follows the captivating monarch crier uh, on his adventures, battling Professor Pilgrim, who's this arch nemesis in the superhero universe. And uh, you get to see his struggles and, and their battles and their adventures. And, and you really, uh, all, all of that is told in the style of a Stanley comic. There's all, all of the exclamation marks. There's all of the uh, uh, yellow lettering boxes and a, a, a ton of uh, dialogue and, and kind of that, that old school style. And then on the other uh, side of the coin there, the other story that you're going to be reading takes place in the modern day following this comic book nerd named Rufus Boston. And he is this 
basically he is the man child. Um, he's the representative of comic book fans everywhere. And I wanted to, uh, and that's not in a derogatory way at all, because I wanted to take that word man child and I wanted to put it on trial and investigate it uh, because we've always heard, you know, be young at heart, you know, as you grow older, like, you know, be young, like have a, have a youthful spirit. Um, don't let the world, you know, get to you, but at the same time, you know, don't be a man child. And I thought that was a contradiction in a sense. And I wanted to, uh, comment on that. And I wanted, so, so on one hand, you have this dedication and in in this, this love for what superheroes are and, and what, uh, what the Renaissance of the hero and the superhero was. And then on the other hand, you see kind of the trajectory of, of where comics have, uh, come from and what, what, what they turned into. And you really get this sense of this push and pull between loving your childhood, but at the same time, is that holding you back? Uh, and I wanted to ask those questions and, and put that in a story because Stan Lee was, you can only imagine, uh, and the more research I did about him, the more I found out how he felt like he wasn't, really doing anything that special because he was just writing funny books because comics weren't that respected uh, back then. And they, they still aren't enough now, but uh, for back then, you know, this was his livelihood. This is how he put food on the table. And, and he always wanted to write the great American novel. He wanted to write screenplays. He wanted to be in Hollywood, but he was stuck making comics. But because of that, he gave so many kids and so many people so much to, enjoy and be entertained by and um he was you know a man child more than anyone you know he was someone who was tapping into what it means to be a kid and i mean that in the most celebratory way possible uh and i really wanted to again take that word back and and look at it and examine it yeah it really is interesting when you when you look at his life because he you know he I mean, the whole reason he's known as Stan Lee, as opposed to his uh, given name, is because yeah, it was a it was a a pseudonym, right? So if he ever did exactly, uh, you know, move on past past comics to do what he really wanted to do, work in Hollywood, he wouldn't have that stigma because back then you didn't go. I mean, he's he's told stories, you know, he would go to dinner parties, uh, <laughs> or cocktail parties, and he wouldn't want to tell people, yeah, I write I write comic books because it wasn't looked at uh, as an art form. You know, it was looked yeah, at just yeah. as this disposable entertainment for, for kids. So, um, but something you said there kind of struck me. So I, I was affected by the Stan, the death of Stanley as well. I felt like not to the same extent, obviously, because I was much closer to, you know, my own grandfathers when they passed away, but, uh, but a little mm. bit of that same sort of feeling, like I lost somebody that was such a huge part of my childhood. And for me, the part that bugged me was. So I never really started going to comic book conventions until after the MCU kind of exploded and Stan had this giant line and it was because he did sort of get to have that Hollywood experience much later in his life. (laughs) He was very uh, appreciative of that. So, so that was cool. And I'm, I'm happy that he was able to, to fulfill that dream. But as a lifelong comic fan who, you know, this man's work was such a big part of my childhood and, and my formative years. I was a fan of him, not for what he did in the MCU, but, but the comics he wrote, and I would have loved to have 
gotten a chance to meet him and talk to him. And I could have stood in yeah. that line, but it was always like a four hour <laughs> wait, you know, and I always felt like, yeah, it was, it was half the yeah. day or a third of yeah. the con, you know, just exactly. waiting in line. And yeah. you always think, oh, there's going to be another time. There will be another time. There will be another time. And I never took advantage. And now, you know, that he's gone, of course, I wish I would have, you know, would have been fine to stand in line for a whole day to have met him. But really what I wish is I could have met him at one of the shows before Hollywood kind of, kind of took over san diego so yeah I, I totally get it did you ever have a chance to uh to meet him did you stand in that giant line <laughs> i uh so th- i think that's really cool that you brought that up because that was a reason why i was really um distraught after he passed because uh i went to this convention that he was supposed to be at and i believe it was at the beginning of 2018 so this was his last year that you know he was he was here and it was in i believe february and i was really excited to see him i you know i was at that convention because i I wanted to and i was all excited and i was like cool i'll finally be able to meet stan lee but um he was sick so he wasn't able to attend to it and um and then after he passed, I was just like, I felt like that had been stolen from me in a sense, because I was, I was really excited to see him and then, and then I'll never, you know, never be able to. And so um, that, that was a big part of, of, I think myself wanting to do something because uh, if I couldn't see him, I at least wanted to do something for him and, and, you know, or in his spirit and, uh, so yeah, it's a, uh, it, it, it's something that I, I would have stood in line for, but you know, I, I didn't even get to get that chance and yeah. um, I'm sad I wasn't able to. Yeah. And that's, and that's the other part of it too, you know, kind of later, um, you know, you hear, hear the stories about how he, he wasn't, uh, you know, taking care of the way he should have been. And exactly. Know, when when exactly. people get a little older, yeah. you know, they may not be the, the persona that it's harder for them to be the person, you know, the, that public persona. So again, I go back to the, yeah. the stories and, and the um, kind of the encounters that have been related to me by other people, other comic creators who worked for him, you know, again, before comics became the center of pop culture, when you and, <laughs> when you and I were reading them when we were young and, and yeah. you, you didn't talk about the fact that you read comics, that would have been the time to sit down with Stan and say, Hey, even though these things aren't, you know, the center of the entertainment universe, we still love them. Um, but again, yeah, yeah. much like him getting to live out his Hollywood dream in a, on a small scale, I'm glad he was around long enough to see that comics did, you know, reach a level that he always thought they were worthy of, you know, whereas somebody exactly. like a, a Jack Kirby or a Kurt Swan, you know, they passed before comics really blew up. And I think that's, especially for somebody like Jack, you know, the, the king of comics exactly. created so much. Yeah. He never got to see that. Um, so at least Stan did. And um, I think you're honoring his legacy in a, in a great way. And, and this would have been kind of, I think the final thing he would have loved to have seen. Um, <laughs> although oh. knowing Stan and the stories I've heard, he's, he was so humble about it. I don't know that he would have thought he was, would have been worthy to have, you know, so much after he passed so many comic series dedicated to him and, uh, and books yeah. written about his life and, and whatnot. So um, how uh, you said six issue uh, mini, and you did a lot of research for it. Once mm-hmm. you had done all that and started planning out 
uh, everything? How did everything fall into place? Was the process of actually creating the comic or, or while you're creating the comic and probably in the midst of it now, has it been uh, pretty easy or has it been uh, a challenge? It's been one of the most challenging things I've written. Um, I've, I've had three other books that I've made and they, they've been um, really come from my, my own stories I wanted to tell and, and not really based on anything or, or having to pull from anything. So um, they've just been from my mind. And so when I took upon this, um, I, I see, I didn't even want to write a superhero comic. That wasn't something I really wanted to do because there's so many. And I really felt like I wouldn't want to create a superhero and then people look at it and just go, well, that's just your version of Batman or your version of Spider-Man or, or whatever. And I, I, uh, I, I always like trying to use the medium in different ways. Uh, not, and it's kind of weird saying that because superheroes are my first love when it comes to comics, but um, I didn't know if I had anything to offer when it came to putting a character in tights. I was like, I don't know what that would look like nowadays. And so um, that was one of the most challenging parts because I was hesitant on doing anything like that. But then I thought, what if I created a character that felt like it came from that Marvel Age of Comics? You know, like like you looked at them and you're like, this is kind of weird. This is kind of over the top, but kind of kind of works. You know, like you kind of look at the Monarch Crier, who's who's this character, and and you're like, it's a it's a little little bit of a bridge between the classic and the modern, and uh, that was something that was. Uh, interesting to me if I could kind of bridge that. And that's something that the series does in trying to um, bridge the dream with the dreamer in reality with fantasy and look at the um, how they can connect and, and look at the beauty in both and the pitfalls in both and being too um, obsessed with one or the other. And, and so that's something that I wanted to uh, really address. And when I was reading about him, I um, uh, always had a notebook with me and I always wrote down quotes and I always wrote down things about his life that I felt were interesting. And I'd watch interviews and, and look at the things he would wear and look at the, th you know, how he would speak and what he would do and um, write all these notes down. And, and um, when an opportunity arrived in the story to maybe bring some of that out, I would have maybe a certain character or um, a certain scene really feel like a Stan Lee type of moment or a Stan Lee type of uh, conversation or uh, action sequence or something. And so um, I tried to find little kernels of, um, of him and, and his personality and see how I can inject that in a story and have people feel like they're reading a book from the sixties but, but at the same time, not have it be too old fashioned or old to where modern readers couldn't appreciate it. Yeah. And, and uh, if you go to the Kickstarter page, everybody, and, and check out the sample pages, you'll definitely uh, see exactly what, uh, what Nandar was talking about, uh, especially when it comes to the vocabulary. I think you did a great job of, you know, choosing sort of that flowery language that Stan was so yeah <laughs> noted for it's so uh, uh 
Yeah, there's just so much uh, excitement in his words and and uh, uh, a feeling of urgency. You know, you're reading it and you feel like you're in it and you can't escape it. You're just like, whoa, like, you know, it's just so uh, exciting to read. And I was rereading old classic books and I was looking at the type of words that he would use because he, had, he was just a wordsmith. He just like, th- there is some words that he would pull pull out and you're reading the comic and you're like Where, where'd that come from like that's pretty that's pretty crazy um and especially thinking about it in a time where we didn't have the internet so all this was either coming from his head or he had a thesaurus by him and he was you know thinking about different words to use and uh he was also a um a pretty fast writer because he was writing you know like five or six titles sometimes a month and um just thinking about that really blew me away and and I tried, I tried to find some of those expressions and phrases that you would, you would read in the old classic comic and, and kind of uh, put that in there, but not have it too corny to where it might take the reader out of it. Yeah, I remember um, an interview I saw with Stan one time where he was talking about how this college kid who was studying like medieval something or other wrote this paper about how Stan must have researched uh, like all this medieval like demon worship spell casting <laughs> stuff because he was using all these terms in dr strange that were like actual yeah, terms yeah and stan's like That's i don't right. know what the hell the guy's talking about i just made this <laughs> stuff up on the fly so it's so it's so funny uh talk a little bit about your artist on the series how he got involved and in, uh and how the collaboration has been Totally. So the artist for the book, he does the pencils, inks, and colors. His name is Jay Mazar. And I found him through a artist forum. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty, uh, uh, it's called digital webbing. And so I, I, I'm always, as a, as a writer, I'm always looking for art and I'm always looking at art and I, and I love art. I just have a, such an appreciation for it. I mean, who doesn't, but when it, when it comes to creating comics, it's really important to find someone that um, you feel like can do your story justice and also elevate it too. you know, not just meet it, but hopefully make it even better. And um, I've been really lucky in the people I've been able to collaborate with in my previous works and, when it came to Manchild, it was even more of a challenge because um, I, I I wanted to find someone that you could look at his work and go, yeah, that would work like maybe as a as a throwback or a classic style. But also, since we have this modern day story going on at the same time, also modern enough uh, to where when those scenes come up you can appreciate it. And, and I was thinking along the lines of, of uh, artists like Chris Samney and, and uh, Greg Smallwood and um, uh, Steve Rude and people like that. And I was like, I want to find someone that uh, gives me that sense of, uh, of a classic retro style, but can um, do modern day characters and in a modern day setting, you know, uh, justice. And the thing is, besides uh, some uh, character sketches that that he's done and some some uh, some other like Marvel characters, he really hasn't done a superhero book before. And when I reached out to him, he was actually kind of hesitant because he was like, why are you picking me? Like, I don't really that's not really like, I don't really do that. And I was like, yeah, but you could. And like, I know it'd be really, really good, 
and um, I kind of kept pestering him because he he'd done some uh, uh, some samples for like a, a crime, like a noir type of story, and um, that's what made me think you could draw you could draw like classic superheroes because it has that pulp that that kind of uh, that poppy. Um, uh, style that you would see in older comics. And uh, I thought, man, this, this guy could really do some wonderful work with when it comes to uh, colorful characters. And so um, after a, a few emails exchange and kind of letting him know, like, Hey, this is like, I really believe in you. I believe you can do this. Uh, he agreed to, to work on it because I think he was hesitant because, you know, we're dealing with the butterfly character and we're, we're dealing with a lot of uh, crazy things that I want to, that I want to put in it. And um, uh, thankfully he's just completely blown me away. And, and I, I, really there was no one else I, I did a lot of research and i looked up a lot of different artists that i could work with and there was just no one else that i felt like could do it right and he was the only guy that could do it um so uh but collaborating with him has been excellent um he's a great communicator we work really well together and it's been a lot of fun yeah and you've got some pretty big names doing covers for you as well <laughs> that's uh, right yeah so, i mean what you, you must have reached out and just said hey I'm, I'm doing the stanley tribute but like i i was just very impressed by the the quality of cover artists you have yeah it was it, it's been a long process of trying to to reach out to these people because i was i was really scared to reach out to them because i'm like uh i don't know if they'll if they'll want to work with me on this um you know who am i and i thought well there's no, there's, you know, no harm in trying and just seeing. And, and so um, I started reaching out to different Marvel and DC artists uh, last year. And I kept kind of just uh, being persistent and letting them know about the story and, and showing them preview pages of the artwork just so they could get a, a feel for what it might be. Cause I, I really didn't want them to put their name on anything that, you know, looked bad. And I, I wanted to make sure that, um, they, they saw how passionate and how sincere I was and, and what I was trying to do. And um, so, yeah, like one of them, you know, I, I was so thrilled to have, I mean, all of them I'm really thrilled to have, but uh, my, the one that I, I couldn't believe you said yes was uh, Tony Harris. And, and because I'm a, I'm a big Starman fan uh, from the DC run that he did with James Robinson in the nineties. And also uh, he worked with Brian Cabon on Ex Machina uh, for vertigo and um he did a doctor strange marvel knights mini he's done a lot of great stuff and he's an eisner award-winning artist too and i was like really you really want to work on my book like that's that's crazy but like that's awesome and um he just did a beautiful piece and he even sent me the original artwork uh so i actually have the original uh in a frame in my office so it's uh just really great people. Uh, Welby, he worked with Jim Kruger and Alex Ross on Marvel's X. Uh, Tom Riley worked on an issue of Immortal Hulk recently uh, and also an X-Men book recently. And then um, uh, Nick Batara, who is uh, worked with my favorite writer, my favorite comic book writer, Jonathan Hickman on Manhattan Projects for Image Comics. And he's doing Leviathan right now with John Lehman uh, for Image. Um, and he... Uh, he he's this amazing guy and and um all the artists that i've worked with for this project uh 
it's just been an amazing experience and, and it feels like a dream coming true. And a big reason I wanted to do that was because this really is a comic for comic book fans. And as a comic book fan, I wanted to kind of geek out myself and like try to work with people that I've loved and that I'm a fan of. And I wanted to uh, sort of use that in a way to go, you know, this is a celebration of art. This is a celebration of a new story, but, a but uh, one that harkens back to the stories of old and makes you think about where comics came from and, and just the, the uphill climb that they've been dealing with and that they've been pushing forward uh, on in the last, you know, 70, you know, 60, 70 years. It's, it's been a, it's been a battle. It's been a, a battle to, to get recognized. And, and, you know, there's so many great artists and there's so many great uh, writers that are, in this medium and just not appreciated enough. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So, uh, well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, I know you're busy. You have to finish creating the rest of the series, but before we go, we definitely want <laughs> to let people know what are some of the tiers and rewards that are uh, available uh, in the campaign. Yeah. So the, the standard uh, covered by Jay Mazar is uh, $10 and it's free shipping for all domestic orders. So, if you just get a single issue, it's free shipping. So when you go to check out, it'll just be $10 flat. No, no shipping added there. Um, when you get to the, the higher tiers, um, there's some shipping costs added, but not very much. Uh, so that's the standard. You can also get a signed copy for $15 by myself. Um, and then the variant covers um, go from $15 to $20, depending on which cover you want. And then you can also get your name in the acknowledgments uh, for $50. And you also get an art print uh, with that and then a, a signed copy of the standard cover. Um, there's also a tier where you can get all the covers. If you just can't make a decision and you want all the covers, uh, you can get all those. And also, if you don't want to get all the covers, but you want maybe, say, two of them, uh, you can pick a cover. And then before you check out, there's an add-on section where people can uh, put a different cover on too. So if you're like, oh, I want the Tom Riley cover, but I also want the Tony Harris cover. You don't have to choose between them. You can get both if you want. So that's a, that's a good thing that people can uh, take advantage of. Uh, you can also get drawn into the Manchild story. So you can actually get your likeness drawn into the first issue and, you know, be a character in the story. Um, and then you can get original artwork uh, from the first issue. You can also get uh, my Foxhole Comics bundle, which Foxhole Comics is my YouTube channel and also my uh, label that I have on my books. And uh, if you want to catch up with all my work, you can get that bundle. And it comes with my um, three graphic novels, Seasons, Volumes 1 and 2, Lifeline, and then Manchild Issue 1. So there's a lot of range there. Uh, you can also, the, the cheapest reward is the PDF for $5. So uh, if you just want to get a PDF, if you prefer reading comics on your on your tablet, uh, you can get that. And the first issue is only 5 bucks. And I highly encourage everybody to go, click on the link in the show notes, go and check out Manchild. Uh, I mean, you can't, read the preview pages that are on the campaign page and not think about Stan. So uh, I think it's a, <laughs> a great way to honor uh, the man, the legend who was uh, such a part of uh, so many of our lives uh, as comic book fans. So 
Uh, I'll also remind everybody, even if you think this project isn't for you or you wish you could join, uh, but you just don't have the means right now, the best thing you can do to help out the project is to share it on social media so we can get as many eyes on this thing as possible. I mean, there are uh, so many people who, who loved Stan, uh, like we were talking about those giant lines where you'd wait half a day. And uh, I think a lot of those people that stood in that line would, would love to, uh, to read this story, but they're not going to know about it unless we get it out there uh, and we share it on social media. So uh, please do so, uh, even if you can't uh, join the campaign. So uh, it's been great chatting with you, Nandor. Uh, best of luck with the campaign. And uh, if people want to follow you on social media, where's the best place to fi uh, find you online? Yeah, I'd encourage everyone to find me at Nandor Fox Schaefer on uh, Twitter and also Instagram. So it's just my name on Twitter and Instagram. And then also uh, Foxhole Comics on YouTube. I uh, do live streams uh, weekly or bi-weekly. I, I post videos and I'm pretty, tr try to be pretty active on my YouTube channel. You can get a lot of uh, updates on my books and, and what I'm doing. And it's really the place where I love to communicate with people on a, on a everyday level if I can. So um, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. And then also, um, if you want to read my work for free, uh, you can read my first series seasons uh, on Webtoon. If you have Webtoon downloaded on your app, uh, you can read some of that and you can see if you like my work and it's, it's all for free on Webtoon. Um, so yeah, uh, that's where uh, you can kind of get a taste for my writing style and, and things I've been working on and uh, get updates. Great. And I'll put links, everybody, to Nandor's uh, social media in the show notes as well. So if you're having trouble finding them, uh, finding him, you can go uh, check there. And I'll put a link to the to the Webtoon as well, which is uh, obviously a platform we've talked about many times on the, the Comic Source. So uh, again, best of luck with the campaign. It's been great chatting with you. And to all you listeners, we want to thank you for your support and for joining us as always. And we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.